Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's episode is going to be pretty amazing because we're going to talk about music and health and how they come together. And my guest has sort of done a few things you might have heard of, a record producer, music industry executive, 12 years as a judge on American Idol, TV producer, and now a wellness entrepreneur. I'm talking about Randy Jackson, who has a life's journey to share that's truly amazing. By the way, if you're a music buff, you know what I just did there, a life's journey. This guy was the basis <laughs> for journey for a long time. In thank fact, you, I think in high school, your music probably powered more than one of my dates. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of mind-boggling to be able to, to chat with you today. So um, Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dave. I'm a big fan uh, of yours too, man. God, you. you've achieved a lot yourself. Well, you know what it's like with the... Wanting to lose weight at any price, right? <laughs> Man, it's a struggle. Even once you do it, it's a struggle to keep it off. I mean, that maintenance is as hard as losing it. Is it still for you? I mean, well, let's talk with, with we'll just jump right into it. Let's talk with, with you about how you lost a bunch of weight and just walk, walk listeners through your story there. And we had, we both have lost a ton. What did you decide to do? I went through every diet known to man. You know, mm -hmm. I was diagnosed unfortunately with type 2 diabetes. No, I was diagnosed, unfortunately, with type 2 diabetes because I was living a very horrible, sedentary lifestyle. I just wasn't motivated to work out. I just buried myself into my work. And you know, as we know, it's a bit behavioral, isn't it? Psychologically, because it's what you think and maybe I was depressed and we... Eating comes from an emotional standpoint. Oh, yeah. So eat because I'm sad. Eat because I'm happy. Eat because I'm depressed. Eat because I have no time. Every emotion you can imagine, you reach for something. Mm -hmm. So there I was, 358 pounds. Wow. So I tried every diet. I joined every gym. None of that quite worked for me. But a friend of mine told me, about gastric bypass. Mm -hmm. I went to some seminars and classes and found out that it can help you, but you have to undergo behavioral modification, psychology, psych, psych, psychiatry, in order to change completely your lifestyle and keep it off. Because half of the people, more than half of the people that do that gain it back and then more. So I had to go through a food divorce. I had to figure wow. out really what was happening with my body. Uh, one of the great things about doing this, each thing that I put back in, avocados, NCT oil, um, butter. Um, <laughs> All the good stuff. <laughs> serious sugar. Um, grew up in the South in lovely Louisiana with everything fried and everything buttered and lard and butter and and with all the syrup and honey and sugar you can put in carrots. I had to really figure out what my body was doing and what my body was saying. So I guess I went through a whole science research on myself. Wow. So I said, wow, this is what's happening. Every time I have these pains of anxiety or whatever, I reach for something you know, there's a deli tray backstage somewhere. There's a deli tray on the TV show. You just gouge food. That whole saying of, I'm so starved and hungry, I could eat a horse and you try to. 
What a concept. So I had to really just really completely change my lifestyle, all of my habits, and really dedicate and commit to myself that I want to be the change I seek in my world first. How long did it take? So you had the the surgery. How long did the emotional reprogramming side of it work for you? Honestly, Dave, it took about two years. Yeah. Because, listen, I had a lifestyle and a lifetime of doing the wrong thing. And listen, one of the things they'll say in the lovable, lovable, dirty, dirty, dirty South is that, listen, man, you got a belly on you. You must be eating good. You must be living (laughs) high on the hog now, Dave. High on the hog means you must be successful. Wow, look at him go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hang on a minute, though. I may have this big belly, but I'm really unhealthy. So I'm creating shorter year and lifespan in my life. So, you know, I had to relearn everything about food and about me and my emotions and get a handle on that. All of my relationships, Dave, I had to challenge everything. I love it that you're just going straight into the emotions because, look, you've been phenomenally successful in your career. You're a judge, you're a big public, uh, public figure and all, and you're successful this whole time you're doing it. And that requires you, especially, you know, you're born in the South, you're the age you are, and guys aren't vulnerable. I mean, if you're like over maybe 40, 45, you grew up, like if you're vulnerable, they'll just kick your ass in high school. Like that's just right. how it is, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> so it sounds like you had to learn to, to listen to yourself uh, a lot. Like maybe you learned to listen to everything around you. I mean, you're pretty good at listening to music and figuring out all the nuances, but maybe you never turned that around. Was there one person or was it a therapist or... Or was it some technique that taught you to pay attention to what was going on when the food was talking to you? Honestly, I went through the gastric bypass is a very serious surgery. Yeah. Thank God. What they do is force you to go to classes that the psychiatrist teaches you behavioral modification techniques. It's how I talk to you about looking at what you're doing. How do I see that? They use a lot of this in all sorts of therapy. People get hypnotized, whatever it is. I need to, Dave, before I can change what you're doing, I need to change the way you look at it. Is this good for me? Are these pack of donuts really good? How's this going to make me feel? Then you feel really crappy afterwards and you go, you know what? I knew I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't do that. So it's a choice of do you want to feel good or bad? But it took me two years to really get that into my body. And dude, it was hard. It was not easy. So I caution people, this is after the gastric bypass. Right. So it's just one jumpstart giant step, but still got to do the work. That was 17 years ago when you had that surgery. Yeah, bro, 17 years ago. So you've kept that weight off for 17 years because of what you learned, but you put in two hard years of personal development to make it happen. People don't see that when you're on TV and and when you're on a red carpet or something like that at all. It's it's mostly invisible. When did you decide you were gonna really talk about the the emotional side of the weight loss? (laughs) It's a very funny story. It's it's great that you asked that, Dave. One of the funny, interesting things about losing weight and being on this journey, um, no pun intended, but 
when you're your heaviest, people say, man, I like that shirt. You look good, man. Mm -hmm. Then when you're your thinnest, they go, man, you look great. So wait a minute. Were you lying to me? Yep, they're lying. <laughs> you lied to me. You were telling me some untruths. So I said to myself, aha, you know what? I got to pay this forward because I didn't realize, but them telling me I looked good when I was heavy and telling me I looked good when I was light, heavy, lighter weight, was exactly what I didn't want to hear. Because you yeah. were lying to me the whole time. Why didn't you tap me on the shoulder and say, bro, listen, man, I know you're struggling here, but you need to get it together. Don't do that. I do this probably because I wouldn't listen at the time. So I said to myself, I got to get successful with this and pay it forward. There's a lot of people just like me. And it's like the whole COVID thing. Everyone yeah. thinks it's going to happen to somebody else and not them. Hey, it happened to me. I'm yeah. a celebrity. It happened to me. Oh, you got COVID? No, but I'm saying oh, I have type 2 okay. diabetes. <laughs> okay, got it. I was like, whoa. And I was 358 pounds. So it's like, okay. hang on. Come on. It, it sneaks up on you a little bit. I, I know when I was fat, I'd started getting fat as a teenager. And I had that same emotional eating thing going on. You know, you're hungry, you're lonely, and all that. You don't want to face it. And yeah, the, the personal side of of the food screaming at you to eat it, you decide to eat it and you feel ashamed about it. And then your friends will say, oh, you look fine. I never had a friend who pulled me aside and said, actually, Dave, uh, you look like shit. And uh, right. you, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like, you got some problems here. Right. And I'm thinking back uh, just recently, um, I have uh, uh, another friend and I've been coaching him on health. This is a financially extremely successful guy. And he's pretty, pretty chubby, we'll say. And he tells himself, yeah, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, but he's not really. And I, I kind of politely nudge him. And one of our other close mutual friends, who's these guys are both Jewish, walks up to him and goes, I got three words for you, or four words for you. Fat, rich, dead Jew. <laughs> like, Holy wow. God, that's the worst wow. thing I've ever heard, but it was the best thing I ever heard. Because you know what? It got his attention, and that guy has lost 25 pounds. He finally got serious about it. He's reversing his prediabetes. And all that because he had one friend who was willing to just call it like it was. And I kind of ashamed to say it wasn't me. I mean, I was helping him, but I, I didn't just be like, you know, pull the ripcord. It's an emergency. D did you have one friend like that? I didn't have a friend like that, yeah. but my doctor was really that friend. Okay. Said, listen, I'm in the emergency room. Your blood sugar is over 500. Oh, you were you, seriously. You have a disease that's incurable, or you can manage it. But you must finally now get it together, or you could die soon. Wow. Okay. That'll so, get your attention. Oh, yeah. So wait a minute. Hang on a minute. Huh? It's incurable. There's no cure. It's incurable. There's no cure. Wow. Now, do you still believe that 17 years later, that there's no cure for it? I know there's no cure, but you can manage it. Losing the weight and getting a healthy lifestyle can seriously help to reverse some of the effects. There's still no cure. Is your blood sugar out, fully under control and all that, or is it still yeah, not? Yeah, okay. yeah. But I could go out today and eat a pack of donuts, and I'm off to Richter. I'm okay, back and you, to still go up, you still go up to 500. 
So your metabolism isn't, metabolism isn't fixed, but you eat right. So it's a, not a problem. You eat right. You've lost a lot of weight. It helps you tremendously. Yeah. But there's seriously no cure. It, it's interesting. Why there's no cure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no cure for a lot of things. We don't even have a COVID vaccine yet. Oh, that might take a while. Uh, on the diabetes front, I mean, I've, I've written a few books about metabolism and all that, and I, I've seen a bunch of people. I was considered pre-diabetic, right. uh, and that my fasting blood sugar and I was about 23, 24, uh, wow. was somewhere around 125, 130. Uh, wow. I don't even know what the spikes were, but when you're that young, it's not so good. And the doctor said, you know, pre-diabetic, because I think you had to be like 130 or something, whatever. Right. I, I was two points away from being diabetic. Right. And... Uh, I don't have any of that. My fasting blood sugar is 87 and I have high glucose tolerance and uh, I have normal insulin resistance and all that. But it took a whole remodeling of my cellular function to do it. So I, I sort of feel like there's no medical cure for type 2 diabetes, but there's metabolic cures yes. where you can take someone who, I can eat a bunch of sugar. My blood sugar will hit 180 for two hours and it'll drop again. I'm like, okay, I can manage that. That's not bad. Right? right, and that's that's you know like the worst thing you could possibly eat, uh, but man, when I was three hundred pounds, I don't know where it would have gone. It would have been bad. So I wonder yeah. if there, the definition of a cure is so gray zone that if we were to 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 you know have you do all the right stuff for a while, whether you actually would be able to eat the sugar without having a crazy spike, you still shouldn't eat the sugar, no question about it. But I just wonder, well, what, well, the do you weight think you loss. Weight yeah. loss helps, Dave. It really oh, yeah. tremendously helps. That's why in my multi-GI5 and Unify Health Labs, mm -hmm. there's some things in there that slightly curb your appetite. They're all natural, but that's part of the key. You know, we get into the biome health and the gut health being the health of it all. And everything starts in the gut, but that appetite suppressant, if you will, using all natural elements definitely helps. It, it really does make a difference. And you mentioned Unify Health Labs, which is the new health company that you started. Uh, you focused a lot on the gut, clearly. You know, having had a big surgery there, you know a lot about healing it. Yeah. What did you decide to focus on uh, with Unify? I thought to myself that gut health is the new wealth. Mm -hmm. Healthy gut, you can do anything. Every disease, everything that happens starts in the gut. You just talked about the metabolic thing being diabetic. Hey, it's all in the gut. It starts there. Yeah. What you put in, how it's digested, what it does, how it goes into your bloodstream is a big part of the issue. So if we can get that balanced, we got a fighting chance. We got a fighting chance to lose weight. We got a fighting chance to control insulin resistance. We got a fighting chance for everything. So for me, I learned that's why they call it gastric bypass. It, some people say it should have been called mind bypass along with gastric. <laughs> But there's no surgery for the mind yet, just yet. Right. But that's the behavioral psychology methods that help. So I went at what I knew. Um, you know, Dr. Strange just started with gastric. So I go, this is it. Gut is everything. We start there. We got a fighting chance. So Unify Health is making, uh, what is it? probiotics, prebiotics, kind of walk me through what it's, you're It's on. a formula with multi-GI5 that has every possible pro-pre in it, and it's got the right amounts. One of the things with this line, I have a series of doctors, a series of people that helped me build it, that I, a team that I put together, is that the average person has 50 bottles of vials on their counter in the kitchen, a bathroom of the 90 vitamins they should take a day. 
I wanted to take the guesswork out because you see these things. I need 500 billion things of like, you know, this pro and then 200 billion of the pre. More is better. More is better. You don't even know. You have no idea what's better and what's balanced. So part of my formula is taking the guesswork out. Do this. It makes a big difference because a lot of people get overwhelmed with this decision fatigue thing and you wake up I and did. Like, which one should I, I take did. this morning? Yeah. You, so how many pills did you take at your max? Man, at one point, I think I was taking, I don't know. I, I At one point, I think I might have been taking 40. Okay. And now how many do you take? Uh, maybe 12. It's a very interesting time in the study and also in the healthcare business and what's really going on. I mean, you listen, you've done this with your own Bulletproof brand, which is amazing, by the way. Oh, thank uh, you. That NCT oil is a life changer. Oh, th thank you. It's, it's interesting, too, because you've been a vegan, you've been a vegetarian. I've done both of those things as well. I was a raw vegan for quite a while. And uh, in fact, Rick Rubin was also a vegan for a long time. And, and when I interviewed him, yes, was, no, Rick, love Rick. And he was pretty mad when I interviewed him about that. They told me it was healthy and it made me fat. And he's lost a ton of weight as well. Yeah. And so it's interesting. So um, both of you, though, were very early vegans. I mean, 2003, you had your, your bypass. Were you vegan before that or after that? No, you know, it was after that because was I was after, trying okay. to figure out what was going to work for me. And I say to people all the time, it's really, it's an individual thing. What is going to work for you? And most importantly, what can you stick with and make it a part of your everyday, all year, all life decisions? That's really the key. So if you must have fish, be a pescatarian, if you must have some meat, whatever that is, make sure you're using the healthiest possible alternative. That's uh, that's a good way to look at it. In fact, right now you describe yourself as a flexitarian. What does that mean to you? <laughs> flexitarian means I'm not going to box myself in through my behavioral psychology. If I start telling myself, no, 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 you know what happens? Uh, that you, you go get start a little pissed going off against that. it. You're going to get yeah. pissed off and you're going to do a whole bunch of it. So I try and condition my mind to say, Hey, you had a birthday party. Everybody's having birthday cake. You can have a small, tiny sliver. And you check your blood sugar after and you adhere and do whatever you need to do, make it a substitution. But I'm starving. I need a burger. Maybe I can have the tiniest burger ever made. Or I want to be vegan today. Be vegan today. I want to yep. be vegetarian tomorrow. Do that. I want to go on a fast with just shakes and protein. Do that. I want to drink bulletproof coffee all day. Do that. Whatever it is, don't get stuck. Because the thing about getting stuck, that's the danger zone. Once you get stuck, you're playing tricks with your emotions and your mindset. These are the culprits of a serious downfall about to happen. Your, your your explanation there where being flexible makes you stronger, it's so true. I, it sort of makes me mad. The modern 
parts of, of keto. The Bulletproof Diet uh, first came out, the blog first came out, there's like a little bump on Google Trends around keto and it slowly starts climbing afterwards. So I learned about keto from Robert Atkins. His book came out the year I was born in 1972. Yeah, yeah. And I have the first edition of the book to remind me, all I needed to know to stay thin, it was known by humans before I was born. Just the information wasn't easy to find. It wasn't distributed. So I'm like, maybe I could help some people who were like I was. But the problem was on Atkins, which is keto. What today a lot of people, dirty keto is what I call it. If you ever eat a carb again, you're a bad person. But you can eat fried whatever and you can eat crap protein and you can eat fake sweeteners and sugar and you'll be fine. No, you won't. You'll lose 50 of the 100 pounds the way I did. Right? And then the rest of it sticks around because you're still not healthy and then your metabolism gets broken. And that's the opposite of flexitarian. Never eat a carb again. And then... I became vegan. Like, I'm never going to eat anything cooked again. I'm never going to eat anything from an animal again. And, you know, I got stuck and not flexible. And what happens then? Well, you get plant toxin buildup and your teeth get fragile and you get cold and all that bad stuff. So you got to run, you got to ride the waves, do the cycles. And that's the flexibility you're talking about. So I I love the way you described it. In that behavioral (laughs) modification science or psychology, you have to be really mindful, big word, of what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Am I telling myself the truth? Or am I lying to myself? If I'm lying to myself, you know what's going to happen? What do they say to the little kid? Mom says, don't put your hand in the fire. You're going to get burned. Next thing you know, what? they put the <laughs> hand in the fire. So just remember, this is children doing mm-hmm. this. So adults, if I tell you no, first chance you get, you're going to do it. Yeah. So that's part of that behavioral trick. You have to really be careful about what you're telling yourself. If I allow myself, if I say, listen, Randy, be flexible. You can have everything you want. I love, I call my diet the morsel diet. Have whatever you want, but have a morsel of it. Don't Mm -hmm. go overboard. That way, I'm not denying myself. So that way, I don't think I'm going without. So you know, you never have that sense of starving or deprivation, which is a exactly. big thing. Exactly. I approach every day, which is weird, probably to some, but I approach every day, especially living in LA. Today, what do I want to eat? Uh, I feel like I want Chinese. No, I feel like I want sushi. No, I feel like I want um, Thai. No, I feel like I want Indian. No, I want wow. some burgers. No, I want... So I approach every day thinking... What do you want to have? I want to go to Crossroads with my friend, Chef Tall. Whatever. And you don't get just massive cravings from some foods versus others? Or it's the same for everything? (laughs) I do, but those days, that's what I have. Got it. You do it anyway. Uh, So I I work on that with my kids. Uh, They're like, oh, daddy, I can't have that. I go, no, hold on a second here. You can have that. You just have to deal with the consequences of having that. And then like, actually, I don't, they're like, I actually don't want that. That's the key. It's the can. You always can. It just might not be worth the cost. Yeah. Okay. I I love that a lot, but okay. I've been backstage uh, at enough events and, you know, Tony Robbins and TV stages and stuff like that. Nowhere near like you have, but I know about crafty and all the junk food that's out there. What do your fellow stars, musicians, what do they say when they're going out to dinner with you, you know, when you're backstage and you're only eating a grape or doing whatever it is you decide to do? What kind of feedback do you get? Um, you know, you get really good feedback. And I think everybody in LA is trying to be more mindful and more cautious about what they eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, 
This is a healthy city. It's a crazy, wild city. The industry is absolutely insane, but it should be because the public's vicariously living through these stars. So I think everyone's sort of mindful, but they say to me, God, listen, you, you've done great. You've kept it off because, and now a turn of events, that makes me feel proud. That fuels my commitment more because I've done something for myself, with myself, by myself through a lot of struggle, a lot of hard work, and I've achieved success with it. So, I mean, you know, I love going to restaurants. This is a social town. That's what I'm saying, the flexitarian thing. How are you going to go to a restaurant and go like, well, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. So you can't eat anything on the menu. So you're now emotionally depressed. You don't think you are, but you are getting there. Or you're just uh, Uh, fasting today. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I hate this diet. Why are you on it? Well, like, now I can live. Let me live my life. That is, uh, that's beautiful. Uh, Do you ever go in and just modify the menu at a restaurant or you just go? Always. Okay. You say, give me this, don't give me that, all that. And that's in LA. If you don't do that, you're probably not cool. So. (laughs) Yeah, always. I mean, you know, listen, that's, that's a. That's up to you. That's your prerogative. You can certainly, definitely always do that. Now, you talked about just hard work. And I, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I don't, uh, I don't feel like I'm working hard to, to, stay, uh, <laughs> to stay as lean as I am. I'm around 10 and 11% body fat, depending on you know, the, the day of the week and whatever else. Wow. Uh, and I mean, I, I don't, in fact, I exercise less than a lot of the health guru types I know. Uh, I eat, I fast sometimes, eat sometimes. I live on a farm, so all my food's you know, grown on my farm. You know, he's living right. high on the hog. I actually raised the hog that I'm living high on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm okay with that. I love that. that. Uh, but it's like, I'm never hungry. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm eating all the stuff that I want. And it's almost, I don't say become boring, but I can fast for three days. And you know, I, the second day, I'm like, I'm a little, little hungry. I'll just toss a little bit of Bulletproof coffee back hunger goes away and then I'm not hungry for the rest of the time. And, and so I, I feel almost a sense of mastery here where I can sit down and I could say, I'm just not going to eat that because it's not going to serve me right now, but I don't feel the, the pain uh, from it. And I realize how weird that is compared to almost anyone's reality. Uh, and then I go down to LA and if I go to one of those restaurants where you would sit down and say, I'm going to be a flexitarian today, I'm going to eat that thing. I know like if I take one bite of that thing made with bell peppers and gluten or whatever, like I'm going to, I'm going to be like, one pant size bigger the next day and I'm going to be really hungry, like like really hungry and I'm probably going to yell at someone, which I work to not do. You don't have that effect? Like, Are you just so self-masterful that even if you eat something that's maybe not so good for you, you don't get cranky? I know the consequences. So remember, Dave. Wow, wow. You've See, done you're really pretty, in self-control. You've done something pretty amazing. You described fasting what you're doing every day, the hog to farm. You described the ultimate flexitarian. But along with that comes, once again, I keep saying this word, the behavioral shift in your thinking. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. 
The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Once again, I keep saying this word, the behavioral shift in your thinking. Okay, you mentioned with your kids. Guess what, Dave? If you and I go out and we have a donut, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. So remember, it's choices. Do I want to come down from that and crash, be angry, get anxiety, be mad at myself, therefore mad at everyone else for something I did? So that's what I'm saying. Right. You have to change the way you look at it or none of it's going to work long term. If you want long term success, you have to change the way you look at it. That was my whole thing about taking a guesswork out of Unify Health Labs. I'm giving you something. If you do this, you've already said to me you've made a choice. So that choice is you're trying now to really be healthy. So if I can keep you thinking on this wavelength, you can win. But if I get you backsliding going, give me the gluten, give me all the whatever, whatever, and I beat myself up after I do it, I haven't learned anything. Do do you feel like Unify Health helps you to stop the cravings? I mean, do do you crave less when you go and eat stuff like that? Yes. See, that, that's that's a big thing. And it it's when one guy used to weigh 300 pounds, talks to a guy who used to weigh 358 pounds. We know cravings, but we know cravings way beyond what those dumb, thin people uh, think is a craving. Yeah. yeah we really <laughs> I'm do. sorry, man. Like, you and I really do, bro. <laughs> and it, it's hard to express the difference, but that, that craving where, where you think you're going to die if you don't eat something and your body really believes it. Uh, and I think when your, your metabolism is dysregulated, it's so intense. And, and I can tell just from the way you're talking about it, like you felt it in, the, in a visceral way. And if you can build something like your Unify Health that turns off that, if it works for you and for me, it works for normal people who've never yes. been obese way better because we're extreme cases, uh, yes. both of us. And, and so I, hats off for making something like that that can give uh, people more flexibility in their diet uh, and just make their guts work. Um, one of the things that I did along the journey that you'll you'll think is ridiculous, I was so desperate to fix my gut uh, sometime in the late 90s. I, I not only was fat all the time, you know, my brain was all over the place. Uh, and I was just, you don't want to be in the same room as me after lunch. We'll just put it that way, which is you wow, know, hard in conference rooms. I had some serious problems there. And if you worked with me back then, uh, back in Exodus Communications, uh, the company that held Google's first servers, uh, I apologize. It was me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I... I bought this pill from Russia. It was an electrical stimulator pill. It was two metal electrodes, a little battery all stuck together, and you swallowed it. And it was supposed to stimulate your gut to make your gut stronger. And so this this thing, you know, goes in there and it's it'll come out in about 24 hours. Don't worry. So every five seconds it's like and it's to increase peristalsis. Right. And and the writing on the package is in Russian and I found it on, you know, Alta Vista because Google didn't exist yet or whatever. Right. And <laughs> so 
I'm sitting there and I'm in a meeting. I'm like, oh God, like it's stuck on my left nerves. So my left leg is kicking like every five seconds and it's starting to hurt. And so I get up and I'm jumping up and down. I'm laying on my side. I'm trying to get this thing to move around. And fortunately wow. it, did, it did finally come out. But that level of desperation to fix your gut when your gut doesn't work, when you're heavy and you're just tired of like whatever's going on in there is just not good. Um, I would have rather- feel good. You want to no. feel better. You just, you'll take anything. You'll do anything. Yeah. But it, it, Dave, will you change your mindset? Uh-huh. I'll yeah. do anything physically. I'll try mm -hmm. anything. That's why like the the shakes and the bars work for people. Tell me what to eat. I'll just do this. Yeah. Yeah, but you haven't changed that mind. And the mind control is huge, Dave. It really makes a difference because you got to get mind control, but also having the physical stuff uh, really, I, I think, helps. And to be able to put together supplements, foods, the powders that take away some of the craving like that, I would have been so happy to have something like that because if you're desperate enough to swallow some weird Russian electrical device because that's not working. <laughs> that is I'm the most bizarre sure. thing I've ever heard, Dave. That's so wild, bro. <laughs> they call me Bless a biohacker. You, Dave. Bless Dave, people. <laughs> uh, I don't recommend that, by the way. That was not necessary. Uh, but at the time, it sounded like a good plan. So I, I would just say... I remember the feeling of desperation, the willingness to do anything. When you're fat, every time you look in the mirror, you have that sense of desperation, but you don't know what yeah. to do. To your yeah. point earlier. So you put together some really cool stuff to allow people to have more flexibility so their gut works better. I just swallowed that stuff in a minute uh, when I was having the, those feelings. So I, uh, I I think it's noteworthy. I also think it's noteworthy that you're coming out saying, look, I'm this you know big deal in the music industry, TV and all that stuff. And all right, this happened to me, right? So... If it can happen to you, it's happening it happen to, to everybody. Crazy numbers of people. Yeah. And and there's there's something else too. I I because I study metabolism and I just had a from the DNA company, I had a, a guest on Mansoor Mohammed, uh, my favorite genetics guy ever, mm. and we talked about, you know, the incidence of uh, heart disease and diabetes based on gender, right? Based on age and based on just where your people are from. Right, and it's totally not evenly distributed, right? No, which, which is is fascinating to me because we never talk about that, right? So you probably would have been at a higher risk for type two diabetes just on average. And yes, it turns out there's a genetic component to it that's separate from the socioeconomic side because you solved the socioeconomic side, like you can eat whatever you want, <laughs> right? Right, so exactly. You probably had a higher risk there, but no one told you that. And then Mansoor looks at me and goes, Dave. I hate to tell you, uh, you're in the 7% highest risk factor, the same as I think it was around 60% of African-Americans. Right. So I have the genetic mutation there that makes me at a higher risk for the same thing. What do you know? I also weigh 300 pounds. So I feel like it's hackable, right? And it's hackable at the genetic level, uh, right. but the word never gets out. And so you put together something that works. You're like, all right, I'm going to put myself out as an example of someone who's hyper successful, had emotional issues with food, had physical issues with food, you hack the emotional stuff, you hack the physical stuff, and now you're an example for everyone. Um, do you feel like- Well, Dave, yeah. well, Dave, you just came up with something you and I should do together. Oh, what's we that? With, we with Mohammed should create a genetics pill that's like light on the crispers thing that changes you when you turn 21 or something. Oh, Dave, wow. come on, dude, let's come All up right. with some genetics oh. pill. I'll hook you up with uh, with a DNA company. I'm one of their advisors. I'm an investor uh, in the company. 
And it's the best functional genetics I've ever seen because they were able to look at this and say, here's what's going on. I, I was one of the early guys to have my whole genome sequence. And they told me, you have a 2% higher risk of that. It didn't do anything. Um, or, you know, I have a, I have the caveman mutation for less back hair you know, from the Neanderthals. That was also used. But you're like, wow. what do you do with this stuff? It's, it's wow. who cares? But uh, to be able to say, you should change your diet this way. You should eat these kinds of things. You should manage your gut more carefully. Okay, that's really important. And then for you to make it accessible, like you are with Unify. So I don't know, I, I, I have an extra, I'm not expressing it very well, but I have an extra uh, feeling of respect uh, because you were so big and the path that you've been down. And it it also takes some level of either courage, uh, humility, or masochism to hold yourself up having been so large and so unhealthy as a health idol. I, I mean, I got all kinds of shit for that when I did this. Do you find that people are coming after you saying, you know, hey, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, sort of like the, the weight loss trolls that are always out there? Do you get a lot of that or they just um, don't bother you? In the beginning, I did. Yeah. But 17 years later, it's hard to get that now because I've yeah. kept it off. I've done the work. Um, so I think in the beginning, though, it was tough because people are coming at you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right, you did right. this. Yeah, you did that. But I would say to them, gastric's no cure. It's only a jump start, not a cure. I mean, over 50% of people gain all the way back and even more. Uh, what? I mean, you know, um, yeah. So now, you know, thank God, you know, I'm able to, you know, do this and show the proof of concept that it really works. Well, if you can be living proof for uh, 17 years, I guess the trolls do go away. And a lot of the trolls went away uh, for me as well. Uh, but it, it took a long time. It, it's kind of like those, those friends we talked about earlier. They say, oh, you know, you look great and you don't really look that good. And then you lose weight. And then they say, oh, you lost too much weight. You don't look healthy. Here, have a banana yeah. split. Did yeah. you get some of those too? <laughs> of course. Well, you know, that's big in the South. Man, you looking mighty slim. You want to eat some pie? Uh, right. Actually, no. <laughs> no. Actually, I don't. Uh, because, you know, remember, the way they're looking at their life is the way they look at you. Right. So they can't differentiate you from them and say, well, you've made a choice to be healthier. See, because we got to get in people's minds the notion of healthier means healthier, not healthier and fat. Because that okay. sort of thing is fat healthy. People so there's think. A but it's not true. I, I believe it's not true either that the data is too strong there. There's a difference between nourishing and eating. Did you learn the difference at any one time or did it just eventually emerge for you? No, I mean, I learned that, uh, that two years that I spent after the gastric, I learned that because I adopted what I call the grazing method. Because for myself, I go, listen, I never ever want to go so hungry that I literally lose my mind, which is what most people do. They mm -hmm. go eight, 10 hours without consuming anything. And you get the phrase, God, I'm starving. I could eat a horse. Where's the horse? And you try and sit there and eat it. And for a minute you feel satiated, but then you feel like crap after and you go, why did I do that? So the cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats till it becomes habitual. So 
yeah, I said, I'm not going back that other way. I know what that is. I know what those lessons are. I've done this before. Time for a complete divorce from anything I was doing before because it didn't work for me. That whole thing, it didn't work for me, is the motivating factor for most people listening to the show who self-identify as biohackers. Uh, certainly it was for me. I think for everyone who's hit that certain weight, saying, you know what, I, I did what they told me. And sure, maybe sometimes I had some pie or whatever, but you know, I, I'm trying and it just doesn't work. And you get kind of pissed off and then you do something and you did something and you did it for 17 years. And now I think you've, you know, you've earned your stripes there just like you did in the, in the, the music business as well. Well, uh, where... Dave, the truth is you have to really get it habitual in your body, in your mind, in your soul. The soul of eating is real. So mm -hmm. listen, if I'm paying attention, my first thought, is that going to serve me or is that going to be against me? I got to start thinking that way. Is that going to make me feel good? Okay. Maybe for five minutes, but I'm going to come crashing down with that Snickers bar. Yeah. Lower than I ever was. So if I want sustained energy throughout the day, I need to become a grazer. If not, I'm going to go up and down like a yo-yo. That's going to change my body's feeling. That's going to change my mindset. And it's going to also change my emotions. Ah, so we stumble upon something. <laughs> Eating, yeah. biome, gut health, brain, all connected. I see it, therefore I want it. But then in my eyes, as I see it, I go, but that's going to make me feel like crap in an hour. Do I want to feel like crap or not? This is a choice. You know, life is really about choices. I often say to people, if you don't like where you are or the way you feel, consult the choices you have made. Not my fault. It's not Dave's fault. You aren't making the right choices. I, Choose I love to it. make the right choice. What a concept. I love the way you're putting that. Uh, so for people listening who just feel like they don't have a choice, uh, well, <laughs> you got a, a 358, former 358 pound guy who did it and, and won. And I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a couple of questions about the music business because I mean, you're well known for that. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, of course. And, we love and music. So Music's my life. Now, you've, I'm looking at the list of people you've worked with. Oh, Jerry Garcia, Billy Joel, Bob Dylan, Aretha Franklin, Madonna. What is one of the most memorable recording things you've ever done? I mean, I mean, Chef Gordon had all these crazy stories about stuff in the 60s, but what, what's a story that just stands out? Like, I can't believe that happened to me. Um, just quickly off the top, I mean, there's yeah. so many uh, journey stories of playing Calaveras County, Fairgrounds, uh, of a huge festival with 100,000 people singing a lyric to every song. Um, it You go, wow, this is what it's really like to really be accepted for all that you poured in, all the music, all the whatever, that people really get you and really accept you. Uh, I'm in a studio in Detroit, God rest his soul, with Aretha, uh, with Whoopi Goldberg, Keith Richards, Ronnie Woods, Steve Jordan, myself, Chuck LaBelle. Um, Steve Lillywhite, producer, engineer, and we're recording Jumping Jack Flash, a new version of mm. the movie Jumping Jack Flash, and Aretha sang it. And just being in there with her and seeing her process, and it's like one take. And wow. her doing all of her homework before she went into the studio. 
and just all the guys and just seeing the joy and just being in that process with like sheer greats and sheer greatness, you just go, God, thank you. This is like these moments are just everything. Because I think all those legends have a process and they don't take it for granted. They're great because they're great in their preparedness, great in who they are, and great in the way they think and approach their sound and their music. Do you Jerry feel Garcia yeah. was as much of a scientist as he was a musician. Wow. This guy was always hanging out with the high science guys. I mean, amazing human. Do you feel accepted now all the time? Uh, yes. Um, and I don't look at it that way anymore. Uh, okay. You're, shifted. <laughs> you're a much younger man when you're on stage in front of a hundred I was a much younger man. I look at now. Have I accepted myself, Dave? Yeah. Have I accepted who I am? Because I feel like in life and I feel like in every struggle that people go through, most of the world and most of the people have no idea who they are. And they haven't accepted who they are. Therein lies the problem. So I say to every artist that I meet, I don't want to manage who you think you are or who you think you want to be. I only want to F with who you actually are. If you don't know, I don't know. Mm. Bob Dylan knows who he is. Bruce Springsteen knows who he is. Madonna knows. These people, Aretha, they've all accepted this is who I am. I don't give a shit who thinks what. This is who I am. Wow. What a concept. Why wouldn't we accept who we are? Now, that doesn't mean you can't change it or alter it, but just the soul of the human. We're not talking about all of your other choices. We're not talking about the choices you've made in your everyday life or whatever. I choose to eat here. I choose to go there. These are my friends. None of that. But who are you? There's a good song by The Who. <laughs> Call who are you? I really right. want to know. Hello. How old were you when you got to that point? <laughs> Great question, Dave. I was a little bit older. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the dog had to go through a whole bunch of trials and tribulations to get there, brother. But look, I arrived, Dave. That's the most important part. You did. I got there, brother. It took me, listen, honestly, it took me a long time, but man, I'm glad I'm here. I mean, well, thank God I'm here, bro. I'm glad you're here too. And and just by sharing that, there's a lot of people listening to the show who are working on that same process. And I mean, you're up on an idol, an American idol there, uh, you know, really. It, it, and so you did the work, but it took you a while and you had lots of resources and time and 100,000 people singing along with you. <laughs> so it's all and right if it takes someone else some time. Right? Lots of and, help. And the most important thing, a lot of no's. Uh, tell me about no's. Why are no's important? Because those are the things that inform you. Your family, we always say to people, your family, all your friends, your loved ones, they love you. Oh, my God, Dave, you're incredible. Okay, let's peel that back a little bit. Is Dave actually incredible? Dave has the potential to be, but he's not there yet. So are you guys lying to him exactly like you were lying to Fat Dave? My God, you look great. Those <laughs> shoes are amazing on you. <laughs> Then Dave loses all the way. My God, you look great. Okay, which lie am I believing? 
Is it before, after, what? So remember, the no's say like, mm, I don't like that. So I go, why don't you like that? So as a producer and a record producer or maker of TV shows or producer of any kind or producer of supplements like I do with Unify, like you do with Bulletproof, you show it to the public. Do you like it? They go, eh, it's cool. I don't know, Dave, Randy. You turn it a little bit go, what about there? Mm, uh, it's a little better, but I still can't really see it. So you finally find an angle that they go, that's it. That's what you're doing in your everyday life. Wow. That's it. Because the no's are really probably the most guttural, honest thing you can build on. Your family always loves you. Your farm animals, they, they love you, man. Because you love them. You know what I'm saying? Your kids. Yeah. I mean, listen, they get mad at you, but they still love you unconditionally. So are you listening to the no's? And not whether you believe it or not, why are they saying that? And what are they seeing that you're not? Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wow. Go for the nose. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I just recorded an episode uh, called Never Take Yes for an Answer. <laughs> where exactly. The, the guest's exactly. whole advice was if someone gives you a compliment, say, how dare you? <laughs> Tell me something real, which is a little aggressive, but also, man, I wish I'd have done that a lot more if, and, and have been willing as a human being and ready to hear it. Because well, sometimes you don't answer, want to hear it. Not to cut you off, but I think the answer to that is, okay, yes, thank you. But what could be better? Yeah. yeah. And ask the question, well, how do you really see me? Give them a chance to say, well, I said yes, but really, <laughs> you're 85 pounds overweight. Yeah. Your head is huge. I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is. Your talent's not where you think it is. Your ego's out of control. You're a nasty, angry person. What's really going on? What's really eating at you? Tell me about your childhood. It's almost like therapy. We're back to that day. It's almost <laughs> like therapy. It is. Tell me about your life. Who are your friends? Did they really like you? Didn't you even like them? Wow. wow. Are you hanging out with them because they accept you? Are you living a dream? Or are you living in reality? So I always say that to people. I don't like fantasy. I only like reality. That's the only thing we can build on and count on. Fantasy is just some bullshit. It doesn't exist for a reason. It's not real. Hello. <laughs> you've uh, you've clearly done your work. You've accumulated a, a lifetime of mastery in multiple subjects. I'm going to say mastery over yourself. You know, over your biology, over your weight, over your emotions, and a certain level of mastery in the music business and all that stuff. Uh, what's left? Listen. Every day, there's always new things to triumph. I think, you know, in this lifetime, you want to be all that you can be and you want to achieve everything you can. There's other things I'm working on in the TV space, other things I'm working on in the music space because I feel the responsibility for us, Dave. The people that are allowed to have the wisdom to see further down the road also have the responsibility to continue moving the ball down the road because yeah. you know what others can't see yet and i use that yet hopefully they will but we have to keep moving the ball exactly what you're doing the bulletproof with the yak butter coffee thing the drink exactly what i'm doing unify health labs 
exactly what we do with TV shows, exactly what we do with music, exactly what we do in movies. Continue to move the ball down the road because you can see further down the road than those that can't see down the road yet. That's your responsibility to pay it forward, which is what you do with your show, which is what I do, which is what we do and who we really are. Wow. You called it out, man. It's the, the people who can see the future have to build it and not everyone can. It's a different state. And uh, they're not supposed to Dave. Yeah. We've been allowed. We've been granted the wisdom. We've done the work, but man, what are we doing to help it? Hello. Yeah. Wow. I'm really happy we got a chance uh, to connect and a chance to chat about your newest thing to move from music and TV. Not that you've really left them, you're still doing that, but to focus on Unify Health Labs for a while, to bring that gut health in after 17 years of earning your stripes that way on top of all the other stuff. I think it's fascinating and amazing. And one of my my biggest goals on the show is I want to keep learning and learn from you know the masters. And when I, I hear the way you've mastered what's going on in your in your mind, in your psychology, your spiritual side, on top of you know, what you've done in your career, I picked up some good stuff from this. And so thank you for sharing and helping to illuminate the future with music, TV, food, supplements, just the whole world. Keep doing it, man. It, it's inspiring to me, and I'm truly grateful for you. Thank you for having me, Dave, and I appreciate the kind words, brother. Let's continue the fight, man. The struggle is real. Let's continue to educate, put wisdom out there and try and help move the ball further and just help people move further in their lives. Healthy, healthy, healthy. That's the new wealth, brother. It's a deal. Thank you, my friend. If you like today's episode, you know what to do. You should actually check out unifyhealthlabs.com, which is Randy's new company. And if you just Google Randy Jackson, you'll see he's all over the place doing all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, he's a wizard. He knows a few things. And I'm really grateful he exposed some of the things he might not have talked about before on the show for you today. If you like the show, leave a review as well. Thank you. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.